following program presents principles designed to promote good health and is not intended to take the place of personalised professional care. The opinions and ideas expressed are those of the speakers. Viewers are encouraged to draw their own conclusions about the information presented. Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm your host, Margot Marshall. Happiness, it, it's something we all seek. My guest today will be sharing scientifically proven ways to lift your mood and your life. Stay tuned. Healthy Living is a production of 3ABN Australia Television, focusing on the health of the whole person, body, mind and spirit. You'll learn natural lifestyle principles with practical health solutions for overall good health. If you're seeking a proven plan for vibrant living, you've come to the right place because my guest today, Dr. Darren Morton, will be sharing foundations of emotional wellness. Welcome, Darren. You have a passion for vibrant living. What got you started? Oh, look, I think even as a tiny little tot, I was, I was always passionately interested in, you know, what does it take to really live well? to really be thriving in life, I wow. suppose. And, and so that, that, that interest from, you know, from a wee little guy has, has grown into, I suppose, my career path. Um, and now you know, I'm, I'm based at Avondale College of Higher Education. I'm the, the course coordinator for um, postgraduate studies in lifestyle medicine. Um, but, yeah, I just, I'm just passionately interested in, in what can we do what does it take to really live well? And you started at such an early age. I'm interested that a, a little kid would actually be thinking like that. That's, that's uh, just something that's always been with you then. Yeah, it has. And, and in fact, that's a large part of the reason I was so attracted to Christianity because I think there's some, some really powerful foundations in there as well. Yes, yeah, that's, mm. that's right. And you've actually written a book about this. That's, that's passionate. Okay, I have. So here's the, the big news. So yeah, my new book that's, uh, that's come out and it's called Live More Happy. Um, and the, the, the byline is uh, scientifically proven ways to lift your mood and your life. Well, that's, that's very good. It's always nice to know that there's some good foundation underneath, not just ideas or pop psychology or anything like that. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's very important to me. And obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I have... I've got many PhD students, so I'm very much immersed in that scientific space. Yeah. And, and I think there's just a massive need for a, an increased awareness of, of, of the kind of things that I share in the book. And, and I'd love to share some of those today. Oh, well, Can I do that? We're, yes, we're just waiting to hear from you. Fantastic. Go right ahead. Well, I want to start, set the scene by a statistic that it just troubles me greatly. And that is that we know that today in Australia, um, about one in 10 Australian adults are, t are taking an antidepressant each day. Now, I'm not against medications, but what for, for me that's a sign is that, is that people are struggling. Mm. You know, as they say, um, feeling down is on the up. Uh, we know that in the past decade, that's, that those, sort of, those levels of, say, antidepressant use have doubled. Yeah. It's even worse in the United States. About one in, 10, uh, sorry, one in eight um, adults in the mm. United States are, mm. are on antidepressant medication. So, you know, what, what for me that says is that there are people are really struggling with how they feel. You know, and what we know that your emotional state, your emotional well-being is just so foundational to living your best life. Well, it is, isn't it? Mm. I mean, yes. What more can you say? Yeah, exactly. It's right there. So what, what fascinates me is that we now know that there, there are very well 
established, evidence-based, scientifically proven things that you can do mm-hmm. to lift how you feel, to lift your mood and your life. And so can I share some with you? Go, yes. What's number one? All right, here's number one. Food feeds your mood. Now, what we know is that there is a strong connection. I mean, this, this is not really rocket science, this part, because we all know that if you go and you, eat, you don't eat the right kind of foods and you eat too much of it, you walk away, you know, feeling like, oh, that wasn't so good. Like, you, you obviously don't feel so great. But what the science is starting to show is there's a very strong connection between the amount of, say, fruits and vegetables, or more specifically, whole plant-based foods that people consume, and their levels of happiness. Is there anything that fruit and vegetables aren't good for? Well, that's right, exactly. <laughs> well, th- some of the science behind this is fascinating, though. We, we in a very large study uh, conducted in the, in the UK, uh, involving about 80,000 people, they actually found that there's a dose-response relationship. So in non-science speak, what that means is that essentially the more fruits and vegetables, vegetables that you consume on a given day, uh, the more happy that you are likely to be. Well, do you want to hear something really sad? Mm. And this is really bad. Only one in 20 Australians are getting enough fruit and vegetables. That's correct. One in 20. Yeah. So there's that, that correlation. Yeah, well, in that large study conducted in the, United, uh, in the United Kingdom, they actually found that about eight serves of fruit and vegetables seems to be the ideal. Or beyond that, you still get added benefits, but the bulk of the benefits are gained by about eight serves. Mm. But here's the question that the researchers struggled with after they conducted yeah. that study. They found this association between people who are eating more fruits and vegetables are happier But what's the causality there? Is it just that people who are happier tend to eat more fruits and vegetables or is it the other way around? And so there was a fascinating study conducted by researchers from New Zealand. New Zealanders, they do some great stuff at times. (laughs) Uh, But what they actually found is that they monitored people's intake of fruit and vegetables and then mapped their happiness and they followed it over an extended period of time. And what they were able to identify is that it, it was indeed the, the consumption of fruits and vegetables that were driving how they felt. Okay. But what's interesting is that um, in, in the, the words of the researchers, um, the results of what they call lagged analysis. Now, what this means is that the, when people consume more fruit and vegetables one day, they were actually happier the day after. Okay. Now, this is intriguing, and we now think we know why that's the case, and it, it really enters um, in the book. I talk a lot about this, so if you want to learn more about this, you can read my book. But um, what we know is that one of the, the most exciting frontiers of medical research is the gut microbiome or the mm-hmm. gut microbiota, what, the, these bugs in your gastrointestinal tract. And we know that they exist right at the end of your gastrointestinal tract. Now, our gastrointestinal tract, by the way, is about sort of 30 metres long, so it's Mm. very long. And we know that you need high-fibre foods to go all the way... High-fibre foods make it all the way to the end of your GI tract where they feed this bacteria that we know is profoundly influential on our mood state. Actually, there's a link between our guts and our, uh, particularly our emotional brain. So much so that they're now saying that your gut is considered to be your second brain, which is intriguing. So when we get a gut feeling, there's a bit of science there's, in there? There's, there's actually there's a, there's a journal article uh, that came out not long back and, and, and it was titled that, Gut Feelings. Oh, okay. Because of this link there. So, yeah. so look, strategy number one is food feeds your mood. Mm. And so to promote emotional well-being and happiness, we need to start eating more plants. That's the takeaway message there. Right. So I could talk more about that, but I want to tell you some other ones. So what's the, what's the next Here's one? number two. Motion creates emotion. 
You see, I now I have a very strong background in the area of exercise. In fact, my PhD was in a sort of an exercise physiology related topic. Um, but what we and, and I've been in the business for many, many years mm-hmm. of trying in, to encourage people to, to be more physically active. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're discovering and, and, and the, there are huge benefits associated with that. Obviously, we know that when people are more physically active, they have less chronic diseases like heart disease and diabetes yes. and all the rest of it. Yeah. But what we're discovering is that being more physically active is incredibly good for your emotional brain. Now, the part of your brain responsible for how you feel is powerfully influenced by movement. In fact, you have, the the, the estimates are you have about six to 10 million tiny little nerves distributed throughout your body. Let me see if I can get this right. Is it proprioceptors? Oh, that (laughs) makes my heart sing. Wow, well done. Well done. You've done your research. Yes, I have. Um, Yeah, these these proprioceptors, Mm. we know that are distributed throughout your body, feed information up to your emotional brain. And so this is why when you move in an uplifting way, it actually makes you feel better. And this is why also if you, if, a move, if you don't move or you actually even posture yourself in a sort of depressed mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. that will actually perpetuate that feeling as well. Wow. So motion creates emotion. That's incredible. Um, it is incredible. Yeah. Now, it is so powerful. We now know, and there are studies to demonstrate this, that if you take people, so we actually know that being more physically active prevents depression, mm-hmm. but we know that even if you take people who are depressed and then get them to move more. In other words, just to, to stimulate these proprioceptors in a mm-hmm. positive way, it actually lifts, it can, can lift that depression, as well as antidepressant medications can. Uh, so they're equal. 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 And so the studies have actually shown, shown this. So you know, oh. one, one of the, the, the studies that I've just got on the screen there is, uh, is showing that um, the f- efficacy of exercise in patients seems generally comparable with patients receiving antidepressant medication. And no side effects. And well, no bad ones. Well, that's right. There are side effects, yeah. but they're all good ones. Good. You know, they, yeah. they improve, improves your sleep, improves a whole other, and you know, helps control body weight mm-hmm. and a whole host of other things yeah. as well. Yeah. This is the part that really excites me, though, because okay. I'm not excited enough yet, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, the yeah. thing that really excites me about this is that um, we know that just moving for 10 minutes is enough to, to, to essentially lift the blue, blues. Ten, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So you can see on this slide here, mm. uh, one of the studies actually found that um, improvements in vigour, fatigue and total mood occurred after just 10 minutes of physical activity. That's interesting. Fatigue, you know, you would not expect that. If, yes. you were, if you're tired, you wouldn't expect to get more energy from spending some energy. It's incredible, isn't it? Isn't and and, and you, you touch on a really interesting point because often when I hear people say, oh, I get to the end of the day and I'm just so exhausted. And I say, oh, so what did you get up to th- during the day? Expecting to hear them say that I'm a manual labourer <laughs> and I've been swinging an axe all day. And they say, oh, well, I had to you know, sit on the train and go to work. And then I got to work and I sat in front of my computer and had to, yeah, it's often yeah. this sedentary behaviours that perpetuate mm. this feeling of, of fatigue. I think that might be the clue. I was just talking to someone this morning who drove nine hours to come into state. Yes. And they're very tired. And I said, I, why is it? I said, I know myself. You go, you travel and you get tired. And yes. that's really the answer, isn't it? You just that's right. And it's because these, these proprioceptors distribute mm. throughout your body. When you're sitting in this 
sort of state, they're actually feeding that information to your emotional brain. And so your brain goes, okay then. And that creates that feeling. Mm. So motion creates emotion. I think this is a, and and the fact that it can occur within just 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Is very powerful. And that seems really doable. I mean, we hear things like 10,000 steps and then half an hour minimum and so on. But 10 minutes to get a a measurable benefit, a noticeable benefit. Yeah. That's, you feel like, I could do that. Exactly. I think okay. it's achievable. And I I could, think, not just in terms of maybe how you're feeling about it, but in terms of time, you think, I could do 10 minutes. Yes. I've got 10 minutes. I can do that and yeah. maybe do a few of them. Yeah. The and, and what I love about that message is that if I say to someone, I can actually show you something that will make you feel better within the, within the next 10 minutes. That's a powerful message, isn't it? It is powerful. And, and probably there's no medication that can... Maybe work that fast, is it? Well, there might be might certain be. things we oh, well, don't yeah. take them. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. no, that's right. But most things might take longer than that. Absolutely. To, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a really compelling message. Mm. So some of the tips. So food feeds you mood. Right. We know that motion creates emotion. emotion. But there's more. There's more. And um, the next tip that I have, and I talk about this in one of the chapters of the book, uh, I call blue and green should often be seen. Mm. Now, why I say that is that what we are seeing within the scientific literature is just this overwhelming evidence that people who immerse themselves in uplifting blue and green, I'm talking about open spaces, yes. out, out, yeah. outdoor environments. Sky and grass. Yeah, that's right. The blue and green all about yeah. you. Mm. Um, that they are more emotionally re- resilient, more emotionally up. Mm. We, some of the studies that are, that are coming out in this space, we, we actually know that if you take someone in a hospital se- situation and they just have a window view of a green, in, a green space outside, that they, ha- they take less pain-killing medication, they have hosp- sh- shorter hospital stays. Wow. So it's very, very powerful. Mm. But in a really fascinating study that was conducted by, once again, New Zealand researchers... You're not from New Zealand? No, I'm not. <laughs> but I'm okay. giving them a good plug today, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. They, they have done some great work. Yeah. Um, what they did in, in the, the capital of Auckland, some researchers actually mapped how much blue and green space, mm. so sort of you know, natural parks and, yeah. and, and environments like that, that were close to people's homes... And then they looked to see how it influenced the prevalence of depression and anxiety amongst the, the, the people. Mm. And what they discovered was this, and I find this fascinating, for every 1% increase in close proximity to green space, uh, there was a 4% reduction in depression and anxiety. Now, how, is that, would that be considered significant? What would oh, that be on the scale? It's hugely significant, yeah? absolutely. Yeah, 4%. Yeah. So, yeah. so they just, oh, well, you think about it, if that's a 1% increase in the access to, you mm. go up 10%, all of a sudden, we've got a 40% reduction oh, in the depression. In the, in the, the, um, oh, that's huge. It's huge. So there's, and we're only just beginning to understand mm. what it is about blue and green space, outdoor environments yeah. that are so beneficial for I us. I don't think we were ever meant to be cooped up in a concrete jungle. It's so unnatural, isn't it? It is. And that's, mm. you know, it's not rocket science, really, when you think about it. But mm. what we've stumbled on, and, and what mm. I, th- I find this absolutely captivating, is that it seems that natural light is incredibly okay. powerful mm. in terms of influencing our emotional uh, state okay. and our emotional well-being. 
Uh, what we know is that the part of your brain responsible for how you feel, it's your, it's your limbic system, yeah. uh, we know that that's actually influenced by how much bright light or the intensity of the light that, it, that, that, you, that your eyes are exposed to. Okay. Now, I'm not talking about staring at the sun. No, right? no. I'm just talking about in any sort of area, you're, you're, there, is, there is light sort of hitting your, your eyes um, you know, from various mm. different angles. Now, what we now believe, scientists believe, is that you need about 10,000 lux right now. Lux is just a measure of the intensity of light. Mm -hmm. But you probably need about 10,000 lux for at least 30 minutes a day to be emotionally well. Okay. Uh, now, we know... How would you achieve that? Well, that's a great question. Okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, let me just say this for a moment. The, we, what we know is that people who don't, who, who don't get enough, natural, or, or enough light intensity exposed to their eyes are, are far more prone to a whole range of sort of what we call affective disorders or you know, low mood, um, depression, anxiety and stress. Uh, where we see that happening very commonly is in countries of high latitude like up in Alaska yeah. and, and some of these places where yeah. during the winter months, yeah. very, very low lighting. Mm. And uh, what you actually find in that there's actually a condition they, they call SAD, mm. which is SAD, seasonal affective disorder. Mm. We know that people who, don't get, who, who have insufficient light exposure, they, they um, experience, as I said, you know, anxiety, depression, um, very high rates of suicide, which is tragic. This so is, it's, it's, it's really a real tragic, problem. isn't it, when you think... Just for something like light that's there. Something light. Now, I want to come back to this because, as I said, what we estimate that you probably need about 10,000 lux for 30 minutes each day. Now, what we know is that in an indoor space, right, so this is even a brightly lit indoor environment, there is probably a maximum of about 500 lux. Oh, that's a long way short. It's a long way short, isn't it, if you start doing the sums. Now, you step outside... On an overcast day, there is probably a minimum of 2,000 lux. Okay, on an overcast day. On an overcast day. On a bright, sunny day outside, you're probably being exposed to about 100,000 lux. That's a huge difference. It's a it? massive difference. You wouldn't mm. detect this. You wouldn't pick, the, pick mm. this up, but no. this is the reality. In fact, do you know that even on a bright, sunny day in the shade... Right? Because, once again, this is not talking about staring at the sun. This sure. is just the natural light that you're, that you're immersed in. We know that in the shade on a bright sunny day, there's probably about 25,000 lux. Wow, two and a half times as much as you need. Exactly. So what this shows is that in order for us to be emotionally well, if you're spending all your time indoors, you're probably not going to achieve it. Mm. You need to get the light right. Yeah. And so um, one fascinating study that was just conducted uh, came out just a little while back by researchers from uh, the University of Colorado. They actually put little um, devices on people to track how much light they were being exposed to throughout the course of the day. And what they discovered is that during an average day, and obviously people duck outside every now and then, but they spend most of their time indoors, uh, they were exposed to an average of about 750 lux throughout the course of the day. You can see it's a long way shy long way of the 10,000 mark after. Then what they did is they took these same people camping for the week in winter. Right? Oh. So this is winter camping. Now, what would you expect? I won't ask you because that's... A, that well, you could ask me. Um, winter, um, well, but based on what you... S no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Average throughout the course of the day, 10,200 lux. In winter? In winter. So they've, all they've taken is people from their normal living environment to that winter camping, 
And, and they had, in their normal environment, 750 lux on average. Mm-hmm. Now winter camping, 10,200 lux. So you can see they're ticking the box in terms of getting that adequate stimulation. Yeah. What's intri- intriguing, the people all reported high levels of mood, improved sleep patterns, yeah. a whole host of other benefits mm. that go along with that. Yeah. So that 2000 has me puzzled then. If it's a cloudy day, I think you said, or an overcast day, yes. that only get 2000. Yes, yeah, that's correct. So this winter time, they must have still had some... Some, yeah, um, the sun, sun's peeking its head yeah. through at times. Yeah. Well, it does in winter. I mean, you know, they're not all uh, overcast days, are Yeah, they? that's right. That's, that's right. That's fantastic. Yeah, so... Blue and green should often be seen. Maybe I even should change the title of my chapter to bright blue and green should often be seen. Okay. So, yes, these are things that we can do. I mean, a lot of these things are not hard, but the the food feeds your mood. The motion creates emotion. Blue and green should often be seen. If it's blue, it would be bright. That's right. (laughs) I thought I'd I'd name the chapter wrong. No, 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 no. So let me share some other ones. Um, One of my other chapters I've called Rest to Feel Your Best. Mm -hmm. Now, what we now know, and there are many studies indicating this, is that when you are sleep deprived, your brain is actually geared for negativity. We know that when we do studies that involve these things called functional MRIs, where we put people in brain scan machines and then we flash images up before them, if it's an adversive image and they're sleep deprived, their brain just lights up like a Christmas tree, much more so than if, it's, if, if they're not sleep deprived. And what's really intriguing is there, we know that, as I said, the brain is geared for negativity in all manner of ways. And can I, can I conduct a little experiment with, with the viewers? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to flash up some words on this screen and I want you to remember them as, as many as you can. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Me or the viewers? Viewers and you. Oh, All right, okay. here we go. Ready, set, go. So you what do I have to do? Ten seconds. Memorise oh. as many right. of these words as you can. Well, where are they? Here they come. Okay. There we go. I'll just supply, supply some background music. Dum, 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 <laughs> dum. I'm a really bad singer. All right, time's up. Let's take that off for a sec. Okay. Ask the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> How many can you remember? We won't put you on the spot. No, right. I... I, I um, I'll have a go. I, we can smile and happy and calm and, and yeah, that was... Okay, you know what? we'll stop there because you just answered that beautifully. I'm wondering what, which, uh, which words you could remember there because what I didn't tell you, if I show you this image here, which is the next image, some of those words are actually positive words. Calm, smile, love, happy, the, which were the ones that you remembered. Okay. Some are negative, like grief, crash, alarm, angry, and then others are just sort of benign. So they're, they're tree, water, carpet. Okay, so you don't get any points for, for carpet. No, well, there's no points involved, but here's the takeaway mm-hmm. message. What we know is that if you are sleep deprived, you are two and a half times more likely to remember the negative words. Isn't that interesting? Isn't Well, you know what I love is that you just remembered all the positive ones. Oh, I'm so pleased. Oh, so refreshed and uh, well rested. <laughs> so yeah. look, isn't this intriguing that what we know that sleep has a huge impact mm. on your emotional mm. well-being? People, many people are struggling with their sleep, and I could talk a lot about this, and we don't have the time to do it, but you can read about it once you go to my book. But one tip I would like to offer is that uh, blue screens, screens at night time, yeah. actually emit a light that tell our emotional brain to wake up. 
And so this this highly prevalent use of screens, you know, in late late hours of the day, mm-hmm. are actually doing a great disservice for us mm-hmm. in terms of our sleep. Yes, we hear that a bit. So it's probably not news, but it's it's difficult actually because one way or another, if it's not the TV, it might be the computer or whatever. It's become very much part of what people do. Absolutely. And um, how how much before you go to sleep are you meant to be free of? Well, that's a great question. What we know is that uh, blue light, so you you don't pick it, you can't can't really pick it, it's not to the naked eye, although your eye is is detecting these things, but um, what we know is that when you step into a a naturally lit environment, particularly in the morning time, it actually has a blue tinge to the Mm. light. And so, you know, from a design perspective, what that tells our brain is that, oh, wait a sec, blue light, that means morning time? it's time to rise and shine. Mm. And so this is why we know that, um, but here's, what, what actually happens over the course of the day, particularly at the end of the day, the spectrum of the light changes to more of a red-yellow tinge. Mm-hmm. And red-yellow tinge doesn't have that wake-up effect on our brain. It actually has a slow down. It's time to rest. Isn't that marvellous? It's marvellous. Isn't that incredible? Well, what's intriguing is that... You actually wouldn't expect that, would you? It's the same sun that's getting up, that's going down. Yes. And yet that changes. I think that's... Yes. And and what's interesting is historically, our source of light after dark was actually firelight. Mm. And so we know that firelight is a red yellow tinge. And so it's actually very calming for us. In fact, I I have a I don't, I, I, what I learned long ago is it's not enough just to write books because yeah, people learn from that, but often they don't put these things into practice. So I've actually developed a program that accompanies the book and we have challenges where we, we learn about um, the information and then we say, let's test it and see if it works for you, if it's helpful to you. And one of the challenges for the week that we look at rest to feel your best, I actually encourage people to spend a, a night by firelight. Yeah, that's be- that'd be beautiful. It is. I've been to campfires, not, not ages and ages, but it's lovely. And I've just found you don't even need any entertainment. You don't have to have any agenda. You can sit around a fire yeah. and talk to people and just be there and just look at the fire. It's incredible how it, it could be. Yes. Just so interesting. So calming. So, well, calming, yes. Yeah. yeah, we know that people who spend just two nights, like go camping once again. So okay. you know, I'm, I'm a, I love camping. I, I'm, I'm not, getting I'm not, sort of get that idea. You're getting the idea. Yeah. But we actually know that spending two nights in a row uh, in a campfire environment yeah. will radically re- um, reset what we call people's um, biorhythms or the circadian rhythms. Is that right? Yeah, and we actually see that very quickly people start to shift their sleeping patterns mm. when they are only in a naturally lit, in terms of camp, you know, fire, mm. firelight at night. Well, I'm impressed to think that, like, you say 10 minutes of exercise was mm. enough to help to lift mood. Yes. And now you're saying just two nights. Yes, um, in yeah. camping and have a that's not a lot I mean yeah. that's a weekend that's right and it people, is a weekend that's exactly correct people could do that yes well and you know, and even if you don't have access to a, a safe place to oh, light fires sure. just candlelight at, 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 at your home oh okay and we often do that we have sometimes okay. of an evening we'll just have you know once a week we'll actually pick a time oh, where we, we light candles and it has the same effect so mm. it's a beautiful thing. Two beautiful solutions to that because sleep's a massive problem. It is a massive problem. Do you know what, though? Mm. Um, it's not just sleep. When I, In the chapter where I talk about you know, rest to feel your best, what we now know is that people, that, that life is just so fast-paced mm. 24-7 yes. 
that people need time out from that. And so actually I found there's a fascinating study that was done that's called Death Rests a While. And this was done on, on Jewish populations who practice this Sabbath where they have this, you know, this whole 24-hour period off guilt-free. And what you actually find is that the death rates on Sabbath drastically fall away. Isn't that interesting? And so I actually promote you know, one of the other challenges yeah. um, in, the, in the program that I have and I talk about in the book is the importance of just taking one day out guilt-free you know, just to reprioritize and put first things first. We actually now know there are, there are several studies showing that um, your emotional state it actually fluctuates pre- quite predictably over the course of a week. Yeah. And, uh, and some of these studies, and I've got a slide here that I'll, I'll, I'll just show you, that um, the researchers have actually found that uh, there is a happiest state of the week, believe it or not. It's Saturday. They actually, on Saturdays, we tend to find people have the lowest amount of negative wow. emotions and the highest amount and of positive. And they've actually identified that day. They've identified that. Darren, that's just fantastic. But we do need to wrap up now. If you'd just like to do a little recap. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm really passionate about people knowing there are things they can do to, to feel better. You know, food feeds your mood. Motion creates emotion. Blue and green should often be seen and rest to feel your best. These are some physical things we can do, but there are psychological strategies we can use as well. And perhaps I can share them next session. Oh, we will very much look forward to that. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to watch our programs on demand, just go to our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au and click on the watch button. We'll see you next time for the rest of Darren's research. Thanks, Darren. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Television.